That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of that guy that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by actor, director, king of all geekdom, Kevin Smith. Let's have a listen. The more you read science fiction, the more you realize that you and the universe are part of the same thing. Gene Roddenberry said that. Thank you, Gen X filmmaker extraordinaire, Kevin, for reading that. And we'd like to welcome our guest, Claire Kramer. She is an actress, producer, all around. I feel like you're an all around Renaissance woman, Claire. I thought you were going to say a la carte, an a la carte. <laughs> Probab- I, listen, I don't know your personal life, girl, but I would call you a Renaissance <laughs> Woman. I love I love Kevin Smith. If you if you hadn't seen that quote, go look it up on the Roddenberry social media. He does this really interesting thing with his hands where he almost mm-hmm. like makes a heart and then he presents read by Gene Roddenberry and then he points up like he's in heaven or somewhere out there. He's out there. Um, he's out he's there, out there. Out there. It's an awesome delivery of that quote. What did you guys think? Tread. Uh, for me, you know, when we're talking about like science fiction, I always, always associate like science fiction and comic books as like the modern man's myths. So when you think about like what the Greeks and the Romans did about talking about the gods and all those epic stories and all the Homeric poems, uh, those were the superheroes back in the day. Today we have, you know, comic book heroes and we have these sci-fi characters. We have these larger than life, greater beings that we can see in ourselves that we could aspire to or, you know, reject if they're like, supervillains or, you know, Cardassians or something. When Gene mentions that when you read science fiction, you feel like you and the universe are part of the same thing. It's this greater narrative that we as humans just keep telling over and over and over again in these great heroic tales. That's so, so true. And I mean, it's interesting because we've always used, as humanity has always used stories Mm -hmm. as a catalyst for learning, you know, Mm -hmm. and science fiction especially is, you know, you go in as an audience member, as a consumer, and you are practicing like suspension of disbelief because Mm -hmm. what you're watching on the screen in your mind is so far in the future, not possible yet, hasn't been scientifically achieved, technology isn't there, whatever. But within that Drop, backdrop, I would say, of the story is a very, you know, you have, at least in Star Trek, you have the humans, the Vulcans, the Kardashians, all the different realms representing all the people, you know, in our own real world life. And mm-hmm. it's it's easier to tell a very human story with that fantastical background, I think. And it makes us all feel connected. Like, it's the the hero myth, right? You, it's, the sa- mm-hmm. it's the same story that we have in our archetype, in our stories that we see time and time again in our religion, religious tales, 
you know, in our Pulp Fiction, it's the same sort of thing that we tell over and over again. The but hero I myth. do think if you're talking about Joseph Campbell's, you know, in the hero myth, there is everybody is on their own journey, whether or mm-hmm. not we're humans, right? So mm-hmm. I think what I see in this quote is the more you read science fiction, the more you realize you and the universe are the same. What strikes me about that, and so strong with Star Trek is, you know, our problems are all kind of universal, right? Our concerns yeah. and things, right? It's usually uh, love and, you know, do I have enough gas in my spaceship to make it back to my galaxy, right? It's the exactly. basics always. Mm-hmm. So I kind of see myself and in, in that but also, you know, when I read this quote this time, I see the parallel between, and we spoke about this last episode, uh, a person and their own inner struggles with their mm-hmm. own shadow self. I actually see a reflection in that because I think it's when we synthesize the two, as Carl Jung would say, when we um, integrate the personality, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then we realize we're the same because my shadow side is the same as my light side, actually. But, mm-hmm. but what does that mean to be the same thing as the universe? I guess it says the universe are part of the same thing. What does that mean? I mean, can the human mind comprehend? We It's very hard for us to even comprehend, you know, as Stephen Hawking did, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson how vast the universe is. But it's it's never ending. The only thing it's, vaster than the universe that I can uh, think of in my world is my brain. So to me, uh-huh. it's not actually that... I'm, and the universe is vaster than my little tiny pea brain. But I'm no, saying, I mean, there's so right, there's so much but, a world but that if I, you get cerebral about it, it's like, where does it end? You know what I mean? Like, where... If we're only using... If we can't comprehend the end of the universe, and uh-huh. also if we want to you know, reflect upon ourselves, we're only using what, what do they say? 10, 20% of our 10, brain? 10, or 10, 10, Like, where's the other 90 going? I, I, I know, I honestly feel like if we could access the rest of our brain, I could literally probably rearrange molecules, right? Because this table in yep. front of me but is just atoms and molecules. I believe that too. Yes, and I can mm-hmm. so, walk through so this what, wall. Yeah. Right, okay, so then let's talk about people who do access more than that 10%. Was Gene Roddenberry one of those people? Is be, By creating this show that's lasted 55 years, has he presented a way for society to look at itself and advance? I mean, we all know technology that was first presented on you know the show, specifically Next Gen, has evolved to become real. The tablets, mm-hmm. the phones, the Google Glasses even, mm-hmm. you know? So are there these certain elevated people within society who are able to think... I honestly think everybody is capable. You know, when when Rachel's talking about like the power of of her brain of if you think about like our imaginations, we can create universes with the stroke of a pen. That's what Gene Roddenberry did. Like he came up with a a very basic tale, I would argue, to start, you know, like about exploration. It's about man's a new path that he Space, he's, the oh, final frontier. Right, a know? new frontier to explore. And it just grew. It just grew and grew from that. Any story starts as a seed and it just can grow larger than we could ever imagine at that moment. And if we keep feeding it, if it's something that you keep feeding and nurturing, it has the ability to continue to grow. I argue that Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, you know, all the DC and Marvel comics, those stories will last for millennia. They will. They just talk about what you know, was so important to us humans at this time, just as we talk about and study what the classical myths meant to the Greek, ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans. Mm-hmm. Well, and now, and now, unlike the 
uh, ancient Greeks, and I'm a mythology girl, you know, especially mm-hmm. Greek mythology. Um, we actually have science on our side, and, I'm, mm-hmm. and we understand that it wasn't just because um, Zeus and Hera had a fight, you know, well, those mm-hmm. are Romans, but that is, to me, the interesting thing about now and understanding beyond our universe, but that was their way of comprehending mm-hmm. their universe and saying, it's not... I'm a part of it because there are these gods who I look like. And here, can we go into the into the future in space without mm-hmm. without projecting our own needs, desires, and wills yeah. on any anyone out there we should meet? Because personally, I think when we go to this quote, we've got to realize that we're all part of the same thing. Even if they look like giant spiders with 20 arms, right? That's all just a part of a living thing. Our cells well, are the same. It's it's manifested in a different way or a different form. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, you and the universe are part of the same thing. I keep reading that part of the quote because mm. that's just like so... It, it, I don't know. It's crazy. A lot it's of us crazy feel to a- let your mind go there. And a lot of us feel autonomous like we're an island, right? Like, nobody understands me. And that's actually what I like about this quote is saying, we're all part of it. Even if right. we are an autonomous, isolated island over here, we are all interconnected. So what is uh, it about reading science for- fiction versus reading, you know, another genre fantasy say that's a good comparison because a lot of times science fiction and fantasy are comparative what is it about reading science fiction that that allows your mind to to grasp these high touch concepts well i think you mentioned it earlier when you mentioned that we saw some of this tech in next generation becoming a reality so we saw uh or, or like it's, it's in the uh, original series the, the the communicators were handheld you flip them open they're handheld by the time you got to next generation they were wearable you know, like mm-hmm. wearable tech. The pad, the P-A-D-D became the iPad. So you can read these stories and then see them come to life. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what's so great about science fiction as opposed to fantasy. I love fantasy. You know, I love But there's unicorn. no unicorn ever going to exactly. be like, Exactly. I love unicorns. not going to fly into my right. life. Yep, yep. But, but the iPad will. But... You know, is is fantasy and science fiction that far apart? They are because science fiction uses more science, right? In tech, yes. But you yes. just mentioned a flying unicorn, and I could have seen a flying unicorn on Star Trek. A in your, if you land. accessed more than ten percent of your mind, you could have. <laughs> I, I could free or went to Amsterdam. I, I could, right. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think. Is there a hard difference for you between fan? Uh, all right, oh, yeah. so sci-fi is about us it, sci- Science fiction is based in technology and gotcha. even even fictional technology because we we talk about like we talk about like the warp nacelles and we talk about, you know, dilithium crystals and all of that that don't really exist, right? They don't really exist. But in this future, they do. How is that and not fantasy, kids? Only the Horgon exists. In- <laughs> <laughs> That's their name? <laughs> The the Horgon is the lo- the love statue on Risa. Oh, the- that's right. right. That's I, right. I'm like that's she right. said, Horde. He he he. Oh no, that wasn't. <laughs> that's how immature I am. I I think we exist, and our brain exists in many 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 different places. I don't know if Gene Roddenberry was, you know, a genius for creating. I uh, know. I agree. I actually think he was a genius for creating mm-hmm. a show like this. Is he someone who used more than ten percent of his brain? I don't know. Actually, you know, because I mean, he wrote in other genres. He his TV show before uh, Star Trek was, I believe, called The Lieutenant, which was a military show that he wrote. But it seems like after he found Star Trek, he stuck with that. You know? Yeah. 
Well, Claire, thank you so much for being with us again today. And we have you all week. So I'm very excited to continue talking to you about these quotes. And if any of the listeners out there want to watch Kevin Smith recite this quote and the hand signals and all that, you can see him on uh, all of the Roddenberry social media accounts that we have. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us, post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. 